Hi guys, my name is Rutrik, and for this episode we have two professors, Professor Marcel Turcotte and Professor Guy Vincent Jourdain. And I met them in my first year of studies here at UOttawa, where they taught Introduction to Computing 2. And I thought they were both phenomenal professors, and I loved their lectures, and I thought they were both very interesting. And they hosted their review sessions together, and I thought they both had really great chemistry, and I thought it was really inspiring. So I thought, how about we bring them onto the show? And I'm really excited that they're here today. So we're going to sit down with them, discuss what they're both researching right now. Uh, Professor Marcel Turcotte is researching machine learning and bioinformatics, and Professor Jourdan is researching cybersecurity and cybercrime. So let's get on with it. Thank you for coming in today. It's really my pleasure to have you guys on this show. Uh, I had you guys both in my first year, or I had uh, <laughs> Professor Jordan in my first year, yeah. and I, you were there for the review session, so that's where I got to know you. Okay. So I really liked how, the way you guys teach, and I thought you guys were um, inspiring. Inspiring. So, well, thank, thank you, you so much for coming Thank you, Fanny, yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, the first question I want to ask is, Tell me a little bit about yourself, so uh, what you do at Ottawa, what courses you teach, um, what uh, what your education is, and what you're currently researching. So, hmm. a quick introduction. All right. Okay. I'll start? Yes. Okay. So, um, I've been in Ottawa for 19 years. I came from London, England, uh, where I was doing research in bioinformatics, which is my, my topic. I still do that. Um, I do bioinformatics and machine learning. Uh, in terms of education, I did all my degrees at the University of Montreal. Um, yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, I don't come from London, <laughs> uh, but I come from Paris. <laughs> so, that's, uh, no, so I'm French, and uh, I've done my, my studies uh, up to my PhD. Uh, in France, in Rennes, for the PhD and uh, uh, the equivalent of the master in Paris, uh, and before I was in the South Montpellier. And uh, I came to Ottawa uh, in 1997 uh, to the city of Ottawa, but not to the University of Ottawa. I came here to work in a small startup, and I worked in that startup for many years. And uh, I left the startup in uh, 2004 to join the University of Ottawa, where so I teach. Well, I met you. I teach uh, 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 programming uh, first year Java, and I also teach. Uh, I've taught security. I've taught uh, taught uh, web programming, and I teach also in engineering management. Okay, so. How did you guys choose to do software engineering slash uh, computer science? What, what do you guys like about this field? And why did you choose to do research? Okay. So I was introduced to computer science in a, in a strange way. Uh, at the time, uh, I'm slightly older than you are. <laughs> and at the time, uh, we didn't have really you know, computer science at school. And even at the university, we didn't have computer science in first year at all. Uh, 
And uh, in second year, I, had, I was in mathematics, and uh, we had our introduction to computer science. And the prof uh, who was teaching this introduction to computer science, I don't know how they chose that guy, was Jean-Marie Bouet, very nice guy. And this guy was a theoretical computer scientist, mm. could not be least interested in the usual computer science introduction type of course. So his introduction to computer science was formal languages and automata. So that's how I learned about computer science. Now, I loved it. I thought it was the best thing. And, and so that's why I switched to computer science because I thought that was what computer <laughs> science was. Uh, so I had a bit of a uh, <laughs> surprise uh, after that. Uh, but I actually really, really enjoyed it. I, I, uh, I liked it. I liked the, the formal aspect, of course, the theoretical aspect, but also the practical aspect, programming. Um, I started to program in my third year. I didn't program before, uh, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And what drew me to that really is, you know, this endless capability. You, you can do whatever you want. There is no, no, everything is possible. Basically, uh, you just code it. Uh, and, uh, and to me, there's been a, it, uh, it, it's still something that attracts me, this ability uh, to, to, to do whatever you want in, in software. And, uh, and then I, I started to be more and more interested in you know, more uh, uh, practical things like a uh, network, you know, running my own server. Um, I had my own uh, internet server uh, in 1997, I think. It was my own domain name, so not a big deal uh, nowadays, but at the time, only to have a domain name was 100 US dollars. Wow. <laughs> uh, so you really have to, have to want it. Uh, and so, yeah, that's... So for me, I was uh, heading to maybe aerospace engineering or electrical engineering, something like that. And I had never programmed before. So I'm from Quebec, so we have CEGEP. Mm -hmm. And uh, after doing uh, natural sciences, I said, why don't I do a year in this um, computer science program? And I just felt in love. I, I guess the fact that I had like perfect marks was also helping. Um, but for me, uh, what I really enjoyed about it is, uh, was the idea that when you're programming, when you're coding, it's like a little bit an out-of-body experience for me. It's your, it's your own idea. You've put it on, uh, at the time it was paper, <laughs> uh, but you, you've coded this thing, and now the CPU is, is executing this at an amazing speed. Um, for my research, I use uh, very big computers, uh, some terabytes of RAM, thousands of CPUs. And so this whole idea that you had an idea, you coded it, and now you, you run this on hundreds of CPUs, and it's, it's your thought, it's your idea, and it's now automated, and it's computing results. And that, that, that was the thing, really, that, that made it for me. And the same thing now, I do, um, I do a lot of machine learning, and I'm amazed when you program something, and then the, the computer, the program produces a result, and you're like, oh my god, I never thought of this. 
and and just out of the blue you have these amazing results the that that you you did not envisage at the start so so for me that that's really something I, I enjoy and I enjoy coding a lot uh, yeah uh, professor Jordan you said that um, you had started your own startup right and uh, but after that you started doing research right that's right I, I just I did not start my own startup. I joined a very small startup very that small was started startup. based on some research I had done as a PhD student. Yes. So, why did you choose to, I guess, leave the startup and then pursue your own research? What was the thought process behind that decision? Uh, it's just you know the startup world is is fantastic. I love it. Um, you know, if I was not doing what I'm doing, I would definitely be back there. Uh, but uh, it's very demanding. It's uh, and uh, so sometimes you need to change. And uh, I had reached a point. I was the CEO of the of the company. We had about 40 employees. It was you know it's a lot of sales, a lot of support, a lot of development, not a lot of technical development uh, at that point. And you know, I had it. Uh, it was time to 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 change. So I, I I left the company and I started looking around for something else to do. And then an opportunity came up at the University of Ottawa. And you know, growing up, that's why I wanted to do. I wanted to be a professor. I wanted to do research. And so when the opportunity came up here, I said, well, you know, it's never too late. Let's try. And so and I guess I liked it because I have. Stick on for <laughs> for a long time now. It's good that you pursued your dreams. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. it's never um, too late. It's never too late. Yeah. Uh, you said that. Okay, I I don't know if I'm pronouncing your last name correct. Is it Professor Turco or Tur Turcot? Turcot. Okay, Professor Turcot. You said um, that when you're when you're doing your or running your program, right? It's across multiple, I'm guessing it's across multiple machines and sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so this is kind of off topic, but <laughs> Apple released their new Mac Pro. <laughs> <laughs> right? Are you going to buy one? No, well, no. Well, <laughs> just just the monitor looks, you know. Yeah, the monitor is cool and you can grate cheese on the, that's on that's the Mac Pro. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess what are your thoughts about um, like Mac, the Mac Pro is like a, it's like a beast of a machine, right? It has yeah. high RAM, high yeah. storage, and such amazing processing power, right? Yeah. So, what is your opinion on machines like this existing at a cheaper price point in the future? Like hmm. I mean, in terms of the Mac Pro, one of the drawbacks for me is that um, I'm doing machine learning, and when you're doing deep learning. Um, NVIDIA is as an edge mm -hmm. because of the platforms like TensorFlow, etc., are, are running much more smoothly on these uh, GPUs. And there's a big fight between NVIDIA and Apple. So for me, I cannot really use so much the, the Apple machines um, for my research. Um, but the Compute Canada, so in Canada, we have this great environment mm -hmm. where we can do research and um, there's literally thousands of CPUs available. Um, and, but I think that uh, 
everybody can now do pretty sophisticated uh, computation, even on laptops where you get these uh, NVIDIA cards. They're amazing. They just it just flies. It's it's very rapid. Um, I mean, if I in the old days I used to hack a lot, and I uh, I was system administrator during my PhD to to get a, a little bit more money and, and all that. Um, and I'm very tempted to build a uh, a server of my own, but I, I sort of refrain myself from doing that. I have to focus on on my research, my teaching. Um, but I think nowadays it's uh, it's very easy to to ju just buy a chassis. To you put some cards, you put some. It's it's something really fun. It's something uh, uh, Linux is so easy now to install to work with. Uh, I, I, if I had a little bit of time, I would I would hack these things. <laughs> so, what sort of research do you do? do? I start. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, it's called bioinformatics. Okay. So really what it is, is it's a lot about analyzing genomic data. So your DNA, trying to, to understand the genomes in its normal state or abnormal state disease, trying to understand gene regulation. And so there's, I approach the problems in two ways. One way is algorithmic data structure. The other way is more machine learning. So in one case, I'm interested in algorithms that will run in linear time using linear amount of memory because these genomes are very big. Your DNA is 3.2 billion letters long. So we cannot afford to do quadratic. It has to be linear. Um, and the machine learning is, um, is a mixture of different things. It's deep learning, but it's also uh, some exotic thing called inductive logic programming. <laughs> okay, so uh, for me, I have when I first uh, came to the university, I you know based on my PhD, uh, I was interested in uh, modeling uh, of uh, of uh, application testing, you know verification. Uh, so more on the perhaps more on the more mathematical aspects. And, uh, but I've changed over the years, uh, and uh, I always had an interest in security. Uh, I was curious about it uh, very early on, and uh, then I had a practical interest in it because in my own company I wanted to make sure that the program you know, the, 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 that we had, the application, was secure because we were handling you know, uh, students' data, basically. So uh, I had this practical interest in software security, and uh, we have uh, some colleagues here, in particular Kalila Adams. Professor Adams uh, is in uh, he does research in uh, in security, and we started to work together. And so my interest grew around security in terms of research, and then I started to work with IBM. And uh, so right now, I can say that this is 100%, uh, or almost 100% uh, security in general, software security in general, uh, with a focus of late in uh, cybercrime, uh, so prevention of cybercrime, protection, uh, you know, analysis of, uh, of cybercrime in general. Okay, perfect. Uh, so I will ask you a follow-up question and so I don't know too much about cybersecurity um, but is it 
Is it sim? Is it like um, encryption of data or not at all? So uh, no, uh, encryption uh, and cryptography in general is uh, is a field on its own, and uh, it is a necessary tool. Uh, you cannot really be involved in security if you don't understand the tool. But you don't well, you don't need to be a specialist of that tool to do uh, security. Uh, so uh, I don't do uh, crypto. Kalai Adam does, uh, and uh, we use crypto, you know, uh, as part of the design of a secure system, of course. Uh, but uh, that's that's not necessary. Where uh, what you should look at when when you look at uh, at, uh, at the the, enter, the the field of software security in general. So currently, what you said, cyber crime, right? So That's that, right. Yeah. Is that like, um, like, is that like stealing of someone else's data? For example, yes. Yeah, so, so that's when you. you know, so, uh, software security. You know, let's let's say this is about writing uh, uh, secure code. Uh, cyber crime may not involve any insecure code at all. It may simply be someone phishing someone else for, for, uh, for their data and, you know, they hear uh, there is no vulnerability beside uh, a user. Uh, and uh, so cyber crime is, may uh, use uh, vulnerabilities in software but doesn't have to. And uh, so, but it's still, it's still something that is happening you know, there is there is a technical aspect to cybercrime. For example, you know, is that site a phishing site? Is it you know, is uh, is that software malicious in any in any way? And uh, so there is a there is a, a technical question to answer here, and some a lot of technical constraints, like you know, define uh, the site, decide reliably that this is a bad site, do it uh, do it fast enough that you can do it at scale. So we are interested in, um, in uh, uh, something that can be used at an industrial level. You know? uh, so we, we, we want to protect the world, not, not one person. So, so you can, if, if you have the perfect solution that requires a few seconds to decide whether a site is OK or not, that is of no interest to us. Uh, because obviously, that's not fast enough. Uh, for you know, hundred millions of access yeah. per hour, <laughs> uh, so it has to be. It's, it's a bit similar to myself. It, it has to be very fast uh, if if it has to be if, uh, if if it's going to be useful. Uh, so that's that's the kind of thing we do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> questions for you. Um, so you said bioinformatics is if you look at the DNA, right, which is said billions of... Yeah, 3.2 billion letters long. Wow. Um, so do you use, like, I guess you definitely you have, like, maybe... Uh, what I'm thinking is, um, so in this field, you get data of, like, patients with different diseases, and then you apply maybe machine learning onto it to see uh, if, like, your model can classify Patients. Yeah, now we, we start to have data on patients um, because the technology for reading DNA is, is getting to a point where it's feasible. Okay. Because the first 
the sequencing of the first genome took something like 15 years and it cost 15 billion dollars to do the first one and now the price of the technology has dropped considerably and now we can do it below a thousand dollars and and i think that most people if their child had a disease and you think that having the sequence, the DNA sequence of, of the child would help producing a diagnosis, you would just fork this $1,000 easily to, to have a definite answer. Um, so yes, we do analyze entire genomes of patient cancer genomes. Now we can do comparative studies of what are the differences between the various types of cancers. We're using all sorts of data types. So there's a there's all sorts of technologies that allow us to measure the level of expression of genes. And then we are going to compare the different type of cancers. So you would like to be able to, uh, when someone is coming in, to be able to precisely tell what is the subtype of cancer that the person has. There's also a huge opportunity for pharma pharmaceutical companies where some drugs have secondary effects. And to develop a drug takes something like eight to 10 years to go through the process. It costs about $800 million to develop a drug. And sometimes at the end of the process, you realize that there's all these side effects. So now we have the opportunity to be able to identify very precisely the subgroups for which there are secondary effects and then repurpose drugs that were put up on the shelf because they had too many secondary effects and now we can say, for these folks, the drug will not have the secondary effect. So those are the, it's some, that's one kind of problem we're working on. Um, but I tend to work on with colleagues that are working on organisms that are bizarre. I have a colleague at the University of Montreal that, that works on a phenomenal organism. It's a unicellular organism that lives in the sea has all sorts of quirkiness. In particular, one of them is that the genes are encrypted. And uh, <laughs> we can talk about that yes, at some point. Yes. <laughs> you might be interested in that. Um, so we try to, use, to develop algorithms that will produce new knowledge, that will enable scientists to understand how these organisms are able to function. Okay, so this is a question to both of you. Um, so if a student wants to work with you guys on mm. one of your research projects, right? Mm -hmm. What is the best way to get involved with you? Uh, I think if I, if I may start, I think the, you know, and that's more for general advice even, not just, but we receive, we are flooded <laughs> uh, with generic requests from students from here and from all over the world. People are just sending hundreds of requests that are completely generic just to see if someone bites. Don't do that. <laughs> it's, it's just a waste of everybody's time. Just don't do it. Uh, so if you are interested in working with Marcel or with me or with any of uh, uh, our colleagues, what you should do is look at what it is we are doing and tell us, you know, approach us with with project or with a question or with something that shows some interest. Uh, because we are we are going to be super happy to talk to you about what it is we do if we think you care. Mm -hmm. uh, and so 
We're My actually difficult to stop when we yeah, yeah, well, when we start <laughs> we you, can you, you, talk you know, forever. That's that's very true. That's very true. Uh, it's just it, it just you have to show that you know uh, you would be interested in listening, and uh, and then once once that starts, then there are all kinds of opportunities. You can start even you know first year students, second year student can can start doing some some projects that are related to our uh, research. Uh, I have students that are doing that, and uh, and of course the more advanced you are, and the easier it is to to uh, to to be involved in in this in this project. And uh, uh, there's yeah. the undergraduate research opportunities, That's so you right, can yeah. you can be paid to do an internship in our labs. Um, so it, it it depends. There's several entry levels, and right. so it's very easy to. There, there is a four-year project, uh, of course, where you can approach a prof for that. Uh, but I think, in general, uh, if you are really truly interested, so for me, it's security. If you are truly interested in security and you show it to me, mm. I would want you to, to work with me. Uh, I'll definitely find something for you to do. And I'm probably not the only one interested in what I'm doing. So, so all of my colleagues would do the same. And the reason why they are not open is because you don't show clearly interest. You are just interested in the idea of getting a job or getting, but that's we have too too many requests for that, and uh, and we cannot just accommodate them. But interest in the topic, that that is something we can work with. Yeah. So the next question I have is, what do you see for the future of the field that you're researching? What is like maybe the next five years look like in your respective wow. fields? Hmm. I mean, in terms of machine learning, the unsupervised part of it is uh, should get much more attention because it's believed to be a key for uh, accessing general AI capability. So there should be a lot more emphasis on, on this unsupervised learning. I think in terms of the, the genomics aspect, we should expect that um, we could get a lot of diagnosis or even that you can have an app that will tell you, given your DNA, you should be exercising more, you should be eating this, avoid eating that. So there should be a lot more of these uh, information that are based on your metabolites, your uh, genes, your genome, and all that in, in the next few years. Yeah, so uh, in terms of, so if my research is in cybersecurity, um, I think what we can expect is, well, in terms of research, uh, what I hope uh, the focus is going to be on is, uh, uh, you know, a lot more usable solutions. And uh, we, are, uh, we are focusing on what I call zero delay protection. So that's where you can protect the user before uh, there's a victim. Uh, because right now, a lot of work is done based on a report. Someone got hacked. What can we do? What happened? How to, can we uh, prevent that from happening again? Uh, it's more interesting to prevent it from happening in the first place. So that, I think that's that's the direction. And I think the, the, the maturity also uh, of the field, um, understanding more and more that this is not necessarily just a technical field and that uh, there is, uh, there is uh, uh, only so much you can do focusing on, on uh, technical aspects. 
and so yeah, there is there is a lot of uh, uh, there is a lot of work to be done outside the purely technical uh, aspects of that without completely overlooking it. I mean, this is a technical problem, but the you know, solution is definitely going to be a lot more uh, general than that. So I think that is what is going to happen in the next few years. That we will go there, maybe, or closer. <laughs> That's good. Um, so what, most of, what mostly we do is we ask if, um, if students can contact you, mm. right? Um, so, and then we ask if we can share your research paper, so like the links to your research in mm. the description. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. I mean, is that just a question like that? Yeah, <laughs> of course, no, of course. This, of is, course. this is like, sorry, there was a cut. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes, of course. Uh, so, uh, as I said, you know, students should contact us, they do. Uh, my advice is, you know, probably if I did not answer to, to you when you contacted me, it's because you sent something that I felt was generic. Yes. I probably didn't even open your message. Right. Uh, so be as specific and uh, as, uh, I guess, interested as possible. Exactly. Show that you, you've done some, you worked on a, like maybe a project on your spare time. Show that how, how and why you're interested in this field and what you can contribute to their research. That's, that's true. Yeah. I mean, we list our publications on our web sites. It's yeah. very easy to find. So if you, if you read even the introduction of some of our papers and you say, I read your paper on this particular subject. That was so cool. I'm interested in working on that. Do you, do you take students? We, those are the kind of messages that we, we follow up with, <laughs> basically. Thank you so much for coming today and Pleasure. taking some time out of your busy schedules. Thank you for having us. That's yeah. great. Okay. <laughs> Congrats so on that, by the way. Yeah. A very interesting project. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for this video. I hope you guys enjoyed learning about what Professor Turcotte and Professor Jourdan are researching. And I hope you guys are going to get involved with some of your own research soon. So if you like this video and you've been liking this series, please like, subscribe, and hit that bell icon so you can see the next couple of videos. That's it for this one. See ya!